Hello. That was my mic check. Good. Uh, let's pray. Lord, um, as we look at your word today, would you open our hearts and minds to what you have to say to us by your spirit? In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So, um, two quick things. Firstly, we should have read the gospel before the announcement about the food ministry, shouldn't we? Um, so, if you wonder how to put the gospel into practice, you're going to bring food next week. And, if, and, and on the other side of that, if you need food, do remember to, to chat with me or, or Roxanne and, or one of the wardens and, and let us know. Because as a church community, as much as we want to support people in the whole uh, of the city, we also want to look after each other. So, um, so don't feel, you know, I'd love to bring some food, but actually I need it for myself and the church won't care. We, we're ready to listen if, if that's, um, so just to say that. But that's how you put the gospel into practice. Uh, go to Walmart, buy a flat of tuna and bring it in. Uh, the next two Sundays. Um, secondly, I, I just want to also say a thank you to people that filled out the survey. Um, this isn't the sermon, but this is, this is just a... Um, for a number of years, we've, we've tried to do a, a giving campaign where we've given out paper forms or said, please download a paper form and fill it out. And it's not gone very well um, because people don't like filling out forms. Or, um, as some of you know... Um, there's the sense that, well, the wardens should know how much I'm going to keep giving, um, and I don't need to tell them because they should know already. Um, does that ring a bell? Um, so uh, the truth is that's not the case, and it's been really helpful this time. We sent the electronic survey round, um, and if you haven't seen it, you can go onto the website and click on giving survey. It's really quick, and it just says, do you think you might increase, decrease, or keep the giving the same for the next year. That's what it says. And then we'll follow up with people as necessary. Um, and we have had like 20 times the response we normally get, as in about 20 responses as opposed to one. So um, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to do that. It is so helpful as we plan the budget. Right, and now I'll get on to Romans. Um, so we've been, um, we've been going through Romans for 10 weeks, um, which might feel a long time, but as you hear how long the, the, the readings are, um, actually it's, it's too quick. Um, and so we've been looking in life groups as well and unpacking things a bit more. Um, we're at the end of the series today, ready to start Advent next week, and the theme of this week is mission. Um, in the final chapters of Romans, Paul shares his desire to visit the church in Rome because he, he'd written to them, but he'd not visited. And so he greets all of his friends there. So we didn't read chapter 16. Uh, you can take a look at it. It basically is Paul saying, say hi to this person and this person and this person and this person. And that's, that's what that is. So we didn't include that. Um, but he has this intention of visiting the church um, we know from the final chapters of Acts that Paul did make it to Rome, um, but not in the way he expected. But none of it stopped Paul from sharing the gospel, which shows how deeply he believed and lived out the truths he proclaimed in his letter. So he finishes the letter by reminding the church in Rome about their mission, their motivation, and their means, the means they would use to share the gospel with others. He uses his own life as an example of that work to the glory of God. Um, so is this the end of the journey through Romans, or is it just the beginning? Um, although the series has ended, this is not the end of the journey. 
uh, we, um, as Bishop Melissa used to say, we gather so that we can be transformed and sent out. And through the Roman series, we have heard and read and seen and learned and wondered and questioned and argued and all of those things. But really, um, there's something about um, the church being united around the gospel so that we can go out and tell the good news. Um, I've quoted before J. John who says that a missionary is not someone who goes over the seas, but a missionary is someone who sees the cross. And it's very easy to see videos like the one we saw and think, you know, I don't really feel called to go to another country. Uh, I don't really feel called to go and be a missionary overseas. Uh, and if you're thinking that, then good, because we need you here. God needs you here in Maple Ridge, in Pitt Meadows, or if you're visiting, he needs you in the place you're from too. One of the things I love is that we don't try and do everything as a church. We're not trying to put together hampers of food for families because two blocks away on 233 something or other, just down there, it used to be a gym, is now the Salvation Army's family office and they're putting together hampers and we can support them. I love, although I do sometimes feel guilty because I see it a lot. Um, I love it when I see the church people out and about in the community, normally outside grocery stores, be it ringing kettles for the Salvation Army, thank you to those of you doing that, be it selling poppies at poppy time, or, or many other things. The, the church um, needs to exist in an institution as we are so that we can keep on going, but we don't have to do everything together. And I think it's wonderful when we are sent out as I don't want to diminish this, but many missionaries, almost, missionaries in our own city who go and do the work of the gospel, the gospel we heard this morning, who do that work in our city. And we don't have to do it all together. We don't have to do everything. But as we gather around the truth of the gospel, we are inspired to go out. And so I know there are people that volunteer with the hospital and the hospice and the food bank and, and many other things, many other organizations where you are putting your faith into practice in the way that makes your heart sing. So um, just to share, that's something that excites me as I'm out and about in Maple Ridge and I see people from church serving in many different ways our city. Our mission, Romans 15, Paul reveals he had ambitious plans for more mission. He's going to visit Rome, and then he's going to head to Western Europe. He'll go to Spain. Um, despite his life not going to plan and facing many challenges on the way, as we see in Acts 27 and 28, Paul never stopped sharing the gospel. Now, we are called into that same mission even when life is tough and our plans fall apart. There are surprising opportunities to play our part in God's mission. It's not the church of God that has a mission. It's the God of mission that has a church. It's not the church of God that has a mission. It's the God of mission that has a church. That's the most amazing quote. I've said it before. It doesn't quite work when we say it here, 
because straight away you think about mission down the road. So when we talk about mission, we're not talking about mission down the road. <laughs> I remember um, we had a prayer which for a season we were using a prayer for St. George's and the first line in it was God of mission. And uh, I had quite a bit of feedback. Um, David, why are we praying to the God of mission? We should be praying to the God of Maple Ridge. I've told that joke before, I know. Um, but it just, uh, just if that was in your mind. It's not the church of God that has a mission. It's the God of mission that has a church. And we often say, look around, see the people next to you. Are these the people you would expect to be called and to be sent? And yet, God chooses us for such a time of this to do the work of God in the world, in this place. Now, if you're called to go elsewhere, that's brilliant as well. And we'll support that too. But so often we can say, well, I support a missionary who's going abroad. And therefore, I don't need to do mission myself. I'm sorry to say, you don't get away with it. You are called in some way, in this place, in the place where you find yourself tomorrow, at nine minutes past 10, you are called to be a missionary there. How can we keep our heads up and our eyes open for mission? So we have a mission, we have a motivation. In Romans 15, Paul cites several Old Testament texts and anchors his motivations in God's promises to Israel and to the hope that the Gentiles will be part of God's people. When we speak about Gentiles, we're really speaking about those who are not Jews. In a sense, therefore, we're speaking about everyone. God's promises, God's hope, is that all people will be part of God's people. Everyone is invited. This is a great opportunity that we have to see the ways that Paul has um, argued for equal access all the way through. We speak about unity in the context there. We've got the Jewish and the non-Jewish or the Gentile believers. And Paul is saying there's not some people who are holier than thou, but we're all there. We're all invited. We all have access to God. The unity of the church has been a huge theme in this letter. And so Paul anchors it back in the Old Testament one last time, and he explains how this is part of his personal calling. His ultimate motivation for mission was to bring all nations to Jesus as a united and multicultural family of faith. How can this same gospel motivate us beyond our fears, our complacency, or our feelings of inadequacy? The reality is unity is hard. It is much easier not to be united. Because so often, being united as a church means closing our mouth and listening. It means not taking statements, making statements or taking a stand on certain things so that we can be there with people, listening, caring. These are not the churches that we hear about in the news. 
We hear about the churches who are making bold statements in whatever it is in generally polarizing directions. Unity isn't fun. Uh, unity isn't easy. But I think that's what we're called to be, is a people who are united around the gospel. As some of us saw in life groups this week, there's the things in the closed fist, the truths of the gospel that we need to hold. And there's lots of stuff that doesn't matter so much. That doesn't mean it doesn't matter to us, but in the big picture of things, it doesn't matter as much. And those are the things we can talk about and chat about at coffee time and in groups and with each other. We get to have different opinions on lots of different things, and that is okay. We're united on the gospel, that Jesus Christ came and lived and went about among us and died and rose on the third day. The motivation Paul had was to bring all people to hear the good news and to say that it's not about this group or this group, it's about everyone having access to the good news. So we have a means, we have a, a, a motivation for our mission. Sorry, we've, I've got my M's wrong. We have a mission, we have a motivation, and the third M is we have a means. So in Paul uh, writes in Romans 15, um, verses 17 to 20, um, details of his ministry. He gives reasons why he can be trusted as a servant of Jesus. He mentions words and actions in verse 18. He mentions signs and wonders in verse 19, and words of truth proclaimed as well. He sees it as his duty to share the gospel with all peoples and to fulfill his calling. I wonder if we see it as our job to have that same passion for sharing the good news of Jesus. I know that on paper we believe it, and on our sign we believe it because we put up living and sharing the good news of Jesus. We had some pens that said living and sharing the good news of Jesus. Maybe you have one. We're here to, sh to live and share the good news of Jesus. The living bit is today. It's about discipleship. It's about hanging out together. It's about fellowship. It's about all those things. And, and the sharing the good news of Jesus, that's the going and telling and doing. In a few of the life groups and conversations I've been part of in these last few weeks, it's interesting just seeing a sense that because the world is, or Canada is so um, fragmented and um, diverse, that that actually, in this season, could be giving us a new opportunity. We can talk about our faith in the first person. I believe this. As a Christian, here's what I think. And when the story becomes personal, not the church teaches this, but I believe this, then when we're in the workplace or in the community group, the response tends to, to lower people's guards a bit from, um, I don't want to hear any of that religious nonsense. Hand up if you've ever heard that. 
I'm sure you've all heard that. I don't want to hear that religious nonsense. We move it from that to, that's interesting. That's interesting that you say that. Because it becomes about our experience of the gospel and, and not the church's doctrine and teaching. As good as the church's doctrine and teaching is, we live in a world where experience is valued more, I think. And so when I say, as a Christian, I believe this, when you say, as a Christian, I have trouble with that, as a Christian, in this scenario, I might say a prayer. Would you like me to say a prayer for you? That's going to be more accepted than it may have been a few years ago when it was more a case of, I don't want to hear that religious stuff. If everyone gets to choose their, uh, their own uh, belief and faith, and often people will very happily tell you all the things they don't believe in. Have you found that? happily tell you all the things they don't believe in. Um, maybe it just happens to me. And that gives us opportunity to say, well, can I tell you what I believe in? The gospel message is not just to be kept for us. If the gospel is good news, it does need to be shared and that doesn't mean standing on a soapbox outside the mall. I mean, if you really feel called to standing on a soapbox outside the mall, then okay, just make sure your sign is nice and <laughs> friendly and gracious, and you might get into conversations. I often think, actually, these days, um, the way you could probably do that, if you, if you wanted to, is to actually stand there with a video camera person uh, and, and pretend you were interviewing for a show. And I'm sure you'd get all sorts of people willing to talk about their faith. Um, I digress. The gospel message isn't just for us to own, but it's for us to share. And we do it with in different ways. The, the three ways Paul mentioned, signs and wonders, words and actions. Well, signs and wonders, it might be that we do it through offering to pray for someone that they might see God answer prayer, or, or if not in the way they expect to give them some peace. Often people are drawn to faith, um, not because of eloquent words, but because somebody says, can I pray for you? when that's just what they need to hear. Maybe it is our words, words of encouragement, words of welcome. I often say to people when they talk to me about church, if I sense that they're not quite sure about coming, um, I'll say, well, just come and you can stand by the coffee bar. That's okay. You don't even have to come into the service. Just come and stand by the coffee bar because typically once someone comes and stands by the coffee bar, they feel welcome. People chat with them. They want to come into, into this part of the church. But sometimes in our heads, I think we can get so uh, wrapped up in going, well, I need to explain to them the Trinity, and uh, I need to talk to them about baptism, and in the Anglican context, well, are you confirmed, and can you receive communion, and, and, and what do you think about the sacraments, and whoa, just invite them 
to come and hang out. And the time to do that is now because Christmas is coming, and who doesn't love a good Christmas carol? I think people are sometimes afraid to be um, embarrassed as well if they come to church. Um, I need to stop talking because we need to have communion, but I'll just tell you this story. I don't think I've told you before um, about my worst ever experience of being embarrassed in church, um, which was when Bridget and I visited um, Madrid in Spain. Um, we weren't particularly trying to take up Paul's missionary journey. We were just going for a holiday, a vacation. But uh, we, we were in Madrid and wanted to go to a, a church service that was in English. Um, and I found this church. And we went there. And, and there was a point in the service when the person at the front said, now we're going to welcome everyone that's new. And we're going to welcome everyone that's new. And would you stand up so, we, so you can introduce yourselves? Um, and now, now, I was a Christian at this point. Um, but being a slightly shy, retiring British type, um, having somebody make me stand up and introduce myself when I've just come to visit a church quietly on holiday is about the worst thing that could happen, or at least it felt like it in that moment. And so, um, I, can I tell the whole story? Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> I, so, I was not standing up. I... <laughs> I was glued to my seat, and Bridget stood up, so then there's a bit of conflict there, because she's like, stand up, David! I'm like, no! <laughs> and, um, and in the end, I did stand up, and we said who we were and why we were there. And when the service finished, um, we, we left by the first available exit. We found the first available metro station, and we got on the train. And I don't even, we didn't know where we were going. We were just like, we need to get away. Because someone from the church was running out after us because they wanted us to come in for coffee. So we don't want to be that church. <laughs> we want to help have people feel welcome. And so when you bring your friend for Christmas, please know um, I will not make them stand up <laughs> and announce themselves. But you know, that for some people may have happened to them, or they may think it is, and that's that. And they go, I don't want to come near the church because they do weird stuff like that. And so our words need to encourage them and say, you know, we, we don't do that stuff. You can sit in the back row. You can come and go. Someone will say hello to you. But if you just say, I'm just checking out church, you'll be fine. We have to have the balance between being zealous and excited for the gospel and being gracious and welcoming. So in conclusion, how do we live in the light of all we've picked up in Romans Paul ends by addressing individual believers in the church, Jews and Gentiles, men and women, slaves and free. That's in the list we didn't hear in Romans 16. To help us to understand whatever our story, whatever our background, we are part of God's story. We belong here. We are called. We are to continue in Paul's mission to proclaim the mysteries of Christ to the glory of God. So I'm going to leave it with you as we finish to think about what you would like to do, having had this series through Romans, what you would like to do to take it one step further. If you'd like to be trained as, a, as an evangelist and someone who can share your faith more, 
um, maybe we'll run a course uh, of how to share our faith. Uh, if you'd like to know more yourself, then in the new year is the time to join a life group uh, to be able to talk about faith with others. Maybe you feel you want to serve in the church and we have a form on the website or we can print you a paper copy with ideas of all the ways you could serve to think about. Maybe you want to serve outside the church as a way to be in the community. And you could talk to anyone at coffee and say to them, you know, what do you do in the community? And encourage one another. Uh, I'm going to finish uh, with a prayer. I'm sorry I told a story and now I've gone over time. But let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this incredible journey through the letter of Romans. Thank you for all we have discovered together. As this letter has inspired countless people through the centuries, may it also continue to inspire us. Thank you for the good news of your great mercy and love that we have to share. Help us to serve you well in the world and to share the love of God with everyone we meet. Amen. Becky, Becky is going to come and lead us in our prayers of intercession. <laughs>